Hello, I'm Dr. Annalene Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. I'm joined by my colleague and fellow dental legal consultant, Dr. Colm Harney, for this incredibly interesting topic today and an aspect of dispute management process that we at Dental Protection place a lot of value in. However, We also understand that apologies can be really daunting for practitioners, especially when considering what to say and how to say it. Yeah, I agree. It really can. And yeah, I I just want to have the opportunity to talk through it and make it hopefully a less stressful procedure for everybody. Yeah, Colin, that'd be great. Thank you. I'd like first up, if you don't mind, to maybe discuss the elephant in the room when it comes to apologies and something that, as you know, we do get a lot of inquiries about. And that is whether an apology is an admission of liability or more specifically, can an apology be construed or misconstrued by a patient or a lawyer as an admission of liability? Because, of course, we don't want to throw ourselves under the bus with this yeah. well-intentioned gesture. And we also don't want to inadvertently compromise the ability of dental protection to defend us by saying something which could be taken as an admission of fault. Yeah, thanks, Annalene. And I'm more than happy to address this now, as otherwise it, it's the question I think that will be running through many listeners' minds as, as we discuss this subject. First up, I think it's important to say that we care about our patients and this should become most apparent when they are in distress or have had some sort of adverse outcome, irrespective of personal fault or liability. It's those times when the chips are down that we need to communicate how we care and one simple way that's almost universally expected is a thoughtful and sincere apology. At the same time, Adopting a defensive approach is understandable. We don't want to lose face, admit something's gone wrong, face up to failure, or even affirm that feeling that we are an imposter and our patients are better served seeing someone else. And in fact, interestingly, this defensive urge is believed to have evolutionary roots. If we do something wrong, get blamed and singled out back in our tribal days, it could mean exclusion and being ostracized from the group having to face the lions and bears alone, which is never a happy ending. However, reassuringly, something that may surprise our listeners is that Australia has been, for a while now, one of the few countries in the world where all jurisdictions have enacted apology laws to protect statements of apology or regret made after incidents from subsequent use in civil law actions. Many other countries are now playing catch-up, so check in if you're listening to this from outside Australia. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it, Colm? And it's also very reassuring for practitioners who want to show that they care, that apologising is also a part of the process of open disclosure. And of course, it's something that we're actually encouraged to do. Yes, yeah. And nobody likes a negative surprise. And an apology can be a very useful way to not only express care or concern for the patient, but also to soften the blow of informing the patient that something unexpected has happened. So I'll give you an example, just something, some words like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Smith, I just want to update you on this tooth we're working on. You probably recall that before the treatment, we discussed the root canals being very narrow 
and a risk that my very fine instruments may separate trying to get in there and clean that infection out. Unfortunately, this has just happened despite my best efforts to avoid it. This means that we'll have to refer you to the specialist and I'm really sorry, it will mean a delay in treatment and probably some additional costs. I'm happy to address any questions that you may have and let's discuss how we can make this as easy a process as possible for you. Yeah, that's great, Colin. Thank you. So we've mentioned the two more obvious aspects of apology, the natural humane response that actually failing to exhibit would be seen perhaps as abnormal by most people. And as part of an open disclosure when something goes wrong, irrespective of fault or liability. So what about, as the title suggests, the power of the apology to help a patient in distress or who has had that adverse outcome? Yeah, that's a great question. And Because Australia has led the way in this aspect of patient care, the research here actually shows that in medical negligence matters, apologies can have psychological benefits to a potential complainant and encourage the early resolution of grievances between a practitioner and patient. We think that when patients make a complaint or when something unexpected happens, that all the patient will want is money. However, Time and time again, when there's an adverse outcome, the literature actually says that patients indicate they want an explanation, an apology, and some form of reassurance that the matter is being reviewed and steps are being taken to reduce the chances of it happening again. This can actually all be signaled to the patient as part of a well-worded apology. Apologies can have positive effects maintaining a future therapeutic relationship. They can help to restore trust, reduce negative emotional reactions such as anger, and even induce positive physiological responses in both parties. So that's to say, a sincere apology may lead to a lessening of suffering for both the patient and practitioner, coping with an adverse outcome and its consequences. If matters do progress, Annalyn, the contribution of an effective apology to assisting the relationship between patient and practitioner means that the parties are able to reduce costs by facilitating the settlement of valid claims. Yeah, I agree. And we see this time and time again, don't we, in complaints column. Um, If a civil relationship can be maintained, the whole process is significantly less traumatic for everyone involved. So, Colin, what would you say then that an effective apology should look like or even feel like? Well, I'll be a bit obtuse here and answer that question by giving some examples of what it should not look like. Now, the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare has produced a guide on saying sorry, and within that they give some great examples of what not to say. So some examples of what should not be in a well-worded apology. It's all my fault. I'm liable. So, Annalene, while the apology laws are in place, it would be very hard to turn that ship around, and this may have implications for your policy. It may also simply not be true, as the facts become more clear and may be a knee-jerk reaction of guilt, remorse, or just wanting to say something to placate an emotional patient. Another example is, I know this is difficult for you, but believe me, it's shattering for me too. Or, I'm sorry this made you feel upset. These things just happen. If I did anything wrong, I'm sorry. I think 
We would all get a sense of the cringe factor in these responses and can also imagine if somebody said this to us. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I actually did cringe then, particularly with the mm. last one. If I did anything wrong, I'm sorry. I can just imagine if I got that type of apology, I would just my blood would boil and it would push me very, very far away from feeling great. This matter's now over. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what then, Colin, would an effective and impactful apology look and feel like? Well, first, we need to take everything right back to the beginning. An effective apology is the downstream outcome from good communication, building rapport and trust, and hopefully doing the correct treatment on a consenting patient. Then, if the situation arises that an apology is needed, we must listen to the patient in a non-defensive manner and give them the opportunity to relate their experience and, more importantly, how it affected them. Again, Good communication and active listening skills are required here. Once that point is reached, while the exact wording and phrasing will vary in each case, there are a few key ingredients to go into the mix of an effective apology. So first up is the words, I'm sorry, or some equivalent. So that's the expression of regret. It should be on behalf of the people directly involved, so taking ownership and responsibility and not passing the buck. Sincerity is crucial, whether it be the tone of the voice, the body language in a verbal apology, or the avoidance of being vague, passive, or conditional in a written apology. It should be clear what's being apologised for, and, if possible, what's being done to address the situation and assist the patient in moving forward. And there should be some acknowledgement of responsibility for the outcome, where appropriate. And as always, if you have concerns and are unsure whether to apologise, what to say, how to say it, especially in written correspondence, then you can always get advice from DPL through the regular channels. And the last thing I want to say is what I consider to be an excellent rule of thumb. If in doubt and you're considering whether an apology is necessary or not, then it probably is. Yeah, thank you so much, Colm. And yes, I definitely agree with that last sentiment. Hopefully this episode's going to take away some of the fear and anxiety surrounding apologies and offer some reassurance of the benefits and the power of the effective apology, whether it be face-to-face -face or in writing. Yeah, I, I really hope so. And apology is such a valuable step to take to help the patient. Yeah, it is. And the benefits can be so much further reaching than we realise. Yeah, they can with, as I mentioned, the studies showing that not only does an apology help the patient's state of mind and well-being, but it can also have positive effects for the person apologising too, which is helpful for them getting over what, whatever the event that led to the need to apologise was. Essentially, apologising is beneficial to the emotional, mental and even physical well-being of all parties. Yeah, it's nice when the stars align and doing the right thing feels good and is good too, isn't it? Yeah. It certainly is. Thanks so much, Colin, for today's relevant and helpful content. And thank you all for listening. We do hope this podcast was helpful to you and we look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.